Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live, and I'm so blessed to be with you to host this show, this program for the next hour. My name is Jeff Figgs of Calvary Chapel Greeley, and usually I am with you on Monday afternoons and evenings, and also on Tuesday as well. So with you as we start another week that is upon us. So I invite you to give me a call at 303-690-3000. And this show is really your show, to be blessed, to be encouraged, to give you answers to your questions about the Bible or Christian living or the things around us. And there is a lot of things going on around us, how we look at it through the lens of Scripture. And so give me a call. I want to take you to the Word of God to pray with you as well as you give prayer requests. 303-690-3000, and as soon as those phones start ringing, you know, it's really good. Uh, Last week, we just had a great time with Calvary Live. It was uh, just a a wonderful privilege to be able to talk with so many people and to pray with them and to answer their questions. And I want to encourage you, grab one of those open lines early, because as we get into the show, sometimes I always feel bad when we get to the end of the show and haven't been able to get to everybody that was holding And an hour goes by very quickly. So if you grab one of those open lines right now and ask your question or your prayer request, um, then we can get to you for sure. And and, uh, we also invite you to text in a question or a prayer request. Text line for texting only is 720-336-0897. I'll be repeating those numbers, the call-in number and the text line. I want to remind you that the text line is the 24 seven uh, uh, prayer request uh, opportunity for you to text in a prayer request. And uh, there will be those at Calvary Church that will be looking at that, responding to you, and most importantly, be praying for you in those prayer requests. And so 720-336-0897. I want to welcome all the Grace FM listeners here today on this cool day in Colorado. Definitely a change of season, as it seemed like that a few days ago, it was in the 90s, and now it's cool once again. And uh, so uh, we are um, in that season of fall coming up, and and uh, perhaps you're in a season right now where it feels kind of cool to you right now spiritually, or maybe in a season where um, you just feel like it's uh, winter, it's cold right now in your, in your heart. We want to be here to encourage you and to bless you. So give me a call at 303-690-3000. And we're going to go to the phone lines here in just a minute, but I want to take a second and welcome all those who are listening in on perhaps Hope and or Truth FM. I want to welcome you and uh, on the East Coast. And as you call in, we get to have the conversation, but then the program will be uh played a week later, so you're a week delayed, or any other Christian station that you're listening to, 
want to welcome all those who are listening in on perhaps the Grace FM app or the website from all over the country. I see that people are listening all throughout the Midwest and up into northern Wyoming and Washington. We want to welcome you as well. And I do want to encourage you that if you have not downloaded the Grace FM app on your smartphones or tablets or um, that you would do that. It's very easy to do. Just search it, and it only takes uh, a quick 30 seconds to download it, and then you can listen to all the great teaching on Grace FM and uh, all the, the programs on Calvary Live. So 303-690-3000. We got an open line, but let's go to Maria in Broomfield. Hi, um, this is Maria from Broomfield, and I was just calling because um, recently my uh, younger brother um, came out that he was gay, and our family is Christian, and of course we love him, we pray, we're praying for him, we just don't know, like, what to say or what to, what to do. Right. And it's difficult, isn't it, Maria? And, you know, I, in a day and a culture in which we're living in, we see more Christians, more families are in this kind of situation to where a family member or, or a friend or somebody comes out, you know, is homosexual or, um, you know, is, is um, you know, involved in um, some kind of, of sinful lifestyle and, and it's hard. It breaks our hearts because we care for them and we love them. And so you are doing the right thing right now. Um, you know, your family is Christian. And um, I'm sure that uh, with your uh, youngest brother, that he knows what the Word of God has to say. Um, and I would just stand firm to what the Word of God has to say, but also to pray, to be praying that the Lord will soften his heart, will convict him, there's a time where we just got to commit uh, those ones that we care about to the Lord and let the Lord do the work and to be honest with them, um, to be uh, ones that, you know, we continue to share the truth of God's word with them. But I believe also to continue to love them. And, um, you know, Jesus was full of grace and truth. He didn't back away, back away from truth. Um, he gave truth. Um, he didn't back away from, um, you know, the, the Word of God. He he was the Word, um, but he was also full of grace as well. And so uh, I would encourage you to continue to uh, give the Word of God to him, to give truth to him, and do it in a way that, as Ephesians says, speaking the truth in love. Does that help, Maria? Yes, that helps a lot. Thank you so much. And you know what? I want to pray for you, okay, and just pray for your brother and for you guys, you know, as you minister to him. And right. um, Father, I just pray for Maria. I just I just pray that as she has a family member that has come out and, and you know, in a sinful lifestyle, that your word, um, you know, declares very clearly that is sin. But Lord, I just pray for their family that as they are believers in you and your word, that they would give the the truth. And, and it would be truth and grace that is together. And Lord, to you would convict his heart, that you would open up his eyes spiritually, because I know Satan desires to blind the eyes of people you know, around to the to truth and to 
uh, how you desire for us to live in holiness and righteousness. So, Lord, I pray that you would do that work, that you would draw him to you, and, Lord, that you would give Maria and her family wisdom and discernment and courage to continue to minister and speak truth into his life. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. God Thank bless you so God. much. You bet, Maria. God bless you. God bless. Have a good day. Uh-huh. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Perhaps you got a prayer request, a family member that you need prayer for, or uh, perhaps as we navigate through culture today and all the things that we see around us, that you, um, you know, you got questions. And it, it, it can be uh, difficult. It can be uh is something that we need God's wisdom in. And um, and so I just pray that um, we can be of help and encouragement to you as we look at the scriptures together and as we pray together. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. We got a couple open lines. Grab one of those open lines. Let's talk about the things of the Lord. Let's talk about the things that are important to you. This is Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley with you today. The text line is 720 720- Three three six zero eight nine seven. But we're going to go to Pat and Greeley. Hey, Pastor, how you doing today? Good. How are you? I'm doing fine, Pastor. I just wanted to take a moment to uh, pray for you and Grace FM. Uh, you guys do such a great job, and what you do is so important. Um, I mean, I, I drive around um, about ten hours a day, so. All day I'm listening to Grace FM, and I can't tell you how much it's uplifted me. And and with all the different pastors that uh, that are on Grace FM, how much uh, education I've gotten over this past year. So if well, you'll permit me, yeah. I simply yeah. want to just say a short prayer for both you, uh, since you're on today, and Grace FM as a whole. Thank you, Pat. I really appreciate it. And... Um, and I'm so glad you call in and are able to ask questions that you do, and we're able to minister, and it's a real privilege to do it. And it can be challenging to do it as well, um, and especially with this show. So please pray for us. Yeah, it's a, it's a great source. So, Pastor, if you allow me, I'm going to pray for you. Heavenly thank Father, you. Um, first of all, thank you, Lord. Thank you for all the precious things that you give us. And thank you for all the precious things that you allow us to have. And one of the things, the source uh, that teaches us your word, uh, Grace FM, Pastor Figs, Pastor Ed, and all the other pastors, they do such a great job in showing who you are and, and sharing your word. And I can't think of anything more important. So, Lord, please put your blessing on the ministry that you left in their charge and bless every step that they take. And, Lord, we praise you and we thank you for that. In the name of your precious Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. Thanks, Pat. Appreciate it. You have a blessed afternoon. You too. Stay well. Well, I appreciated that. That's an encouragement. You know, and I would encourage you that are listening out here, pray for your pastors that are you know, been making tough decisions this year concerning the pandemic and opening up services and all the things that we've never faced before. I've been in full-time ministry for 28 years. Never before have, you know, we've gone through something like this 
in my lifetime, in, in the time of my ministry, where you know we are to focus on uh, the priority of the spiritual health of people, but all of a sudden we have to take in the physical health of people as we meet and stuff. And you know, pastors, we're not doctors. We're we're not uh, medical professionals. So we have to listen to them, and there's a lot of numbers out there. There's a lot of voices out there, and we need to seek direction from the Lord. So it's been challenging, and and I would just encourage you, be patient with your pastors, with your leadership, with your churches. They're trying to do their best in being sensitive to opening up churches and, and trying to keep everybody safe as much as we can, and pastors have different convictions. So uh, I would just encourage you, pray for your pastor uh, pray for your church. Pray for the Christian community uh, because it is difficult times and uh, it is hard times as we gather and try to gather together. You know, one of the things that, that broke my heart is when I see that the young people are getting uh, shut down in the universities. We have uh, here in Greeley, we have a large university, and just within 45 minutes of Greeley, we have two major universities here in Colorado. So a lot of young people. And it, it just really is sad when I hear that they can't go out of their rooms, uh, they're isolated, they can't gather in groups uh, unless they face penalties. And so we need to be praying for them. And, and I, I hope and pray that the radio can reach them, but it has been tough for everyone uh, that has been isolated, that has been um, you know, uh, feeling alone for our elderly in nursing homes. Uh, people in the hospital that we haven't been able to to meet and visit and pray with. Uh, things are getting a little bit better, but it's still uh, just hard and difficult. And so we want to be praying. There are people f- to minister to, and uh, there's people to pray for, and certainly pray for your churches. And so pastors are dealing with all of this. We're all dealing with this and uh, trying to move forward. And then you watch the media, and it gets you know just something that— um, you know, almost scares you in the reports. And there's a lot of numbers out there, as I said, and you can do a lot with numbers and with statistics, but we're going to trust the Lord. We need to endure. And and I hope that um, that's an encouragement to you day by day, folks. And the Lord's not done with the church, and the Lord wants to use the church in a powerful, wonderful way in the day in which we're in. And uh, we just got to adapt. We got to endure. We got to be patient and we got to trust the Lord in the days in which we are in. So um, just want to uh, invite you to call in. The call-in number is 303-690-3000. My name is Jeff Figgs of Calvary Greeley. The text line is 720-336-0897. Love to hear from you. Love to answer your questions about the Bible or take your prayer requests. And we got a couple open lines, so we're going to go to Nathan and Frederick. Hi, Hi, Nathan. How are you? Hey, good. I'm doing great. Uh, My question is regarding uh, the Antichrist and and what clues in the Bible are given, if any, uh, regarding his identity. Like, you know, I've heard he's got to be a Jew. He's got to come from this tribe. Or or some some people recently said, oh, there's a little clue that he's got to be Italian. You know, da-da-da-da-da. And uh, I just wonder what, what your opinion was. I've heard a number of things over the decades, and I just wonder what your thoughts were. 
Well, I think we can learn a lot from the Antichrist as we read the book of Daniel. I think the book of Daniel is the real key to set the foundation. And, of course, Daniel is the um, the uh, book that is the foundation to Bible prophecy. Um, it was interesting, uh, Nathan, that I think that I just read that the Antichrist is given, I don't know, like 33 different titles in the Scripture. We know that he's called the little horn. We know that he's called the son of um, perdition. He's called the man of sin. He's called the Antichrist. He's called the rider on the white horse. He's given different titles, and he is somebody that is, um, you know, the focus of as you go into the book of Revelation in chapter 6 through 19. So there are those that, first of all, believe that the Antichrist, um, those who hold a different view of end time prophecy than, you know, um, that, you know, that hold to a replacement theology or whatever, that the Antichrist is just uh, a picture of government. I believe that the Bible, first of all, is very, very clear that it's a person that's going to rise up in the last day. So I want to say that, first of all, that it is an individual. The Bible gives us hints about him, like you're asking, that he is going to be a political leader, he's going to be a military leader, he's going to be an economic leader, and he's going to be a religious leader. He is going to be a great orator, what Daniel says, uh, that the world's going to look at him and be at awe with him, that he speaks great things. But according to God, he speaks blasphemous things. We do know that, and here's the thing, Nathan, you were talking about some say that he has to be a Jew. I don't think that we see that in the book of Daniel. What we see in the book of Daniel, Daniel painstakingly brings out that the Antichrist is going to come out of that revived Roman Empire. And the reason that um, Daniel is so important, because the very foundation of Daniel uh, to prophecy is in chapter 2, where he interprets uh, the dream that Nebuchadnezzar had. He actually gives him the dream, interprets the dream of, of that image made of different uh, metals. The head of gold is you, Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, the chest and arms are silver, or the Medo-Persian Empire. The belly and, and thighs are made of brass, which speaks of the Grecian Empire. And then the legs of iron, which is uh, Rome, and then the the ten toes, the feet, uh, iron mingled with clay. He's talking about Gentile nations there, the Gentile kingdoms that come on the scene from the time of Daniel up until the second coming of Jesus Christ. In Daniel chapter 7, he describes four different, those same four kingdoms, but only as they are symbolized by different animals. And the fourth beast that Daniel saw in his dream was that of a a beast that he doesn't identify. He said it's just dreadful. And he had ten horns, and out of it comes a little horn, which is a title for the Antichrist. So with that said, Nathan, I think that Daniel very clearly shows us that the Antichrist is going to be Gentile and not Jewish. Now, when we go to the book of Revelation, and we see that the Antichrist, he... he, um, the beast rises out of the sea. Um, the sea, a lot of times, is symbolic of nations. But we also see that there's a false prophet that will be on the scene. And the false prophet, he could be one that has a Jewish background or is 
um, Jewish. We don't know for sure. But the false point, false, false prophet of Revelation chapter 13 is going to point to the Antichrist. The Antichrist is going to go into the rebuilt temple. He's going to proclaim himself as God, so he's going to be one that um, is going to order the world to worship him. He's going to come on the scene, the scene in the beginning of the tribulation period as a peacemaker, making a covenant with Israel for seven years, Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, and also we know that in Revelation chapter 6, verse 2, that he comes as the rider on the white horse with a bow but not an arrow. He comes by peaceful means. So he is. that's the hints that are told to us, some other things as well told to us in Daniel. But he will be a world leader. The world's going to be at awe with him, and the world's going to turn and worship him. And those who do not make their allegiance to him, of course, uh, are going to be heavily persecuted by the Antichrist, and they will not be able to buy and sell. He's going to be a leader like the world has never seen before. And the word Antichrist means not only against Christ, but it also means coming instead of Christ. So that's where we're at with the Antichrist, the, the main characteristics that are told to us about him, that he's going to work signs and wonders, deceiving signs and wonders to deceive the whole world. Um, he's going to be a miracle worker, all these different things that are told to us about the Antichrist. Fascinating. Okay. And, and who is it that receives the fatal blow and uh, fatal wound and comes back? Is that the false prophet or the Antichrist? That's the Antichrist told to us in Revelation chapter 13. It seems as though the Antichrist is going to, and I'm, for the sake of the readers, I'm going to read it from Revelation chapter 13. Uh, but it seems like he, he receives this wound, and uh, it says that, and I saw one of, one of his heads, speaking of the Antichrist, that had been mortal, mortally wounded, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world marveled and followed the beast. So they worshiped the dragon who gave authority to the beast. That's Satan, given authority to the Antichrist. So the Antichrist, another characteristic that we know, that he's going to be working according to the power of Satan. Um, Satan's going to be working through him. And they worship the beast, saying, who is like the beast, who is able to make war with him? So it's going to be the Antichrist somehow is going to receive this wound. Um, How that's going to happen through an accident, through... I don't know, assassination attempt, we don't know. And then all of a sudden, his deadly wound is going to be healed. So the world's going to marvel at him when that happens. So a lot is told to us about the Antichrist. Okay. Well, excellent. Thank you. That, uh, that concisely cleared it up for me. You know, one thing to always remember, though, Nathan, that um, there can be a lot of focus towards the Antichrist because— we see things happening today where it's leading towards exactly what the Bible says, you know, towards we're going to see a one-world government, we're going to see the Antichrist, who's going to be the leader of the world, really come on the scene as a world leader. And But for us as Christians, we are told that we are to be looking for Jesus Christ, not for Antichrist. And, and it's good to know about the Antichrist and stuff, but we need to keep in mind that we are not going to see the Antichrist. I believe that Second Thessalonians chapter 2 is very clear to us that, you know, he who restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way, and then 
the lawless one is going to come on the scene, speaking of the Antichrist. So we are a great influence. Our prayers, uh, being a light in this world, Nathan, we are a restraining factor, the Church. And when we are taken in the rapture of the Church, then the Antichrist is going to be able to come on the scene. Amen. Amen. I, I fully believe that. When you said we're supposed to not look for Antichrist, but look for Christ, I, it reminded me back in the early 80s when everybody was into backwards masking, uh, uh, Petra came out with a song called Judas Kiss, and in the beginning uh-huh. they purposely put some backwards masking in there. Yeah. And if you spun the record backward, it says, what are you doing looking for the devil? You should be looking for the Lord. <laughs> wow. All right, Nathan, good question. Keep studying. All right, 303-690-3000. As Nathan's asking about the end times, maybe you got a question about the end times. Love to answer as best that I can. And we got an open line, but let's go ahead. Let's go to Robin in Colorado Springs. Hi, Robin. Hi. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? I am doing good. You're on Calvary Live. Well, thank you for having me. I am calling today because um, I've been really struggling with something lately. I um, To give a little bit of background, it's one of those where um, a few years ago I experienced, like, some sexual assaults and rapes um, by a few different people, and now I'm sort of getting to know this new guy, and it's one of those where he seems like a nice guy, but I'm, like, really, like, you know, scared. There's some of me where I kind of want to have the discernment that, you know, I don't want to fall into sin with this guy, but at the same time, I want to be able to, like, know and know and then also know and understand, like, um, sorry, I'm trying to find the right word to just describe it. It's right. that, then, that, that it's my, that, you know, at the same time that then this, um, you know, given my trauma and then the anxiety sure. of like my past isn't going to, you know, block me from getting to know yeah. this person if we're meant to have a good relationship with each other. Right. And here's the thing, Robin, you know, I'm so sorry what you went through a few years ago. And I, and I know, um, there's still a lot of pain and it sounds like there's still um, a lot of healing that you're going through and and um, and um, so you know certainly I want to pray f- for you while we got a minute about all that but as you move forward in life and as you're moving forward with a you know maybe a potential relationship with somebody I think it's important that um, that you take your time um, and I pray that you would um, just, um, you know, seek counsel, uh, seek godly counsel. Make sure that you're moving forward with somebody who's going to be patient, somebody who is godly that you can talk to and be honest with, who is going to, um, you know, listen to you, and who desires to move forward in purity um, in your relationship. And I think that's what you really need. And uh, so be wise, you know, get that counsel, receive that comfort. And uh, and I just want to pray for you because we're getting ready to go to a break. And, and Robin, um, you know, it's just day by day, step by step, wisdom and discernment. Seek some godly counsel and be going, moving forward with somebody who really 
wants a godly relationship with you and purity and, and righteousness. So, Lord, I just pray this for Robin. I just pray for, Lord, what she's been through, you you do. Bring the healing she needs, the comfort she needs. Um, and, Lord, as she is thinking about moving forward in a relationship, that it would be somebody who will listen to her, be patient with her, desires to show purity in all areas um, of life towards her and understanding and patience. And, Lord, that you would just minister to her heart. And, and Lord, because um, there is um, just um, a lot that is there that we don't fully understand, but you do. So I pray that you would bring the comfort that she needs right now and the wisdom that she needs to move forward um, in perhaps this relationship that you've brought to her. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, Robin, be praying for you. Okay. God bless you. Thank you so much. You bet. Absolutely. Hey, we're going to be right back. The only break. We got a couple open lines 303 690 3000. Stay tuned to Calvary Live. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. So glad to be with you and I'd love to hear from you. So we got two open lines, 303-690-3000 is the number to call and to be on the air and love to talk with you and answer your questions and pray for you as well. We've had some great questions and prayer requests. And uh, so here, just to try to encourage you and minister to you and point you to the truth of God's Word um, as we move forward. So plenty of time in the show. Grab one of those open lines. Uh, Also, the text line is 720-336-0897. And as we have time, uh, we'll look at the um, text line and uh, I'd love to uh, be able to pray also. That text line is open 24-7, but during this hour show, if we have time, we're going to go to the text line and take those prayer requests and those questions that are being asked. So i got a quick announcement uh, that I'd like to make here at Calvary Chapel Greeley. We are doing Sunday morning services in person, 8, 9, 30, 11 o'clock. We had a great Wonderful time on Sunday, just meeting together, people uh, coming out, more people are coming out, have children's ministry and nursery available, and we are registering uh, as uh, we have limited space, and and we encourage you to register on our website at calvarychapelgreeley.org uh, for services, but uh, we'd love to see you come out as we are studying Matthew's Gospel, some it's really good studies going through the, that gospel, and i uh, love to meet you and serve you any way that we can. And so look at our website for details, calvarychapelgreeley.org. And also on Wednesday nights and, and Sunday mornings, we are doing the services online, so you can watch online as well, our Facebook Live, Calvary Chapel Greeley. But also on Wednesday nights, we are continuing online services for our Wednesday night through the book of Jeremiah, and it's very relevant for us, and we'd love to have you join us. And we're looking at uh, when the Babylonians came in and destroyed uh, Jerusalem, and they had been warned and had been warned, and yet they ignored the warning, 
And uh, so there's a lot for us today as Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, was weeping over a nation that was dying spiritually. So look at our website, Sunday morning, 8, 9, 30, 11 o'clock. Love to meet you, serve you, and uh, have you come out and join us for our Sunday morning services, 303-690-3000. we got an open line. Let's see. We want to go back to Greeley, my hometown, to John. Hi, John. What's up, Jeff? Let me know if the—I have you on speaker, so let me know if I need—if the sound quality is bad. Okay. I think you're okay. Okay, cool. So I had a question about Hebrews 10.26. Um, as I'll, I always understood it as literally not willfully willfully sinning. Um, should I read the scripture, or you got that? I got it for, for everybody. For if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge— of the truth, there is no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. Right? I, I feel like I have a revelation that it might, it's talking about the Jews and how they were being persecuted and going back to the old covenant of sacrificing animals and so on. And the writer, Paul maybe, was saying, well, if you do that, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin. So I wanted to pick your brain off. Yeah, a little bit. Some have, uh, have connected this to verse 25 and that verse 25 of Hebrews 10 has been quoted a lot lately not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as the matter of some but exhorting one another uh, and so much more as you see the day approaching um I don't connect it with verse 25 so much I think he is talking about because verse 26 you can go through verse 29 as well um the whole book of Hebrews was written to the to the Jewish believers who had a temptation or were feeling the pressure to go back to Judaism. Um, it was difficult for them in the first century um, because they were meeting in houses, um, they were being persecuted. They would look at you know the um, you know temple in Jerusalem. They see the temple worship, the feasts that were being celebrated. It was just hard, so there was a temptation for them to go back to the Old Covenant, to go back to the sacrifices, go back to um, Judaism. And, uh, of course, it, it was deeply rooted in their hearts. You know, they would start to think, was this all for nothing? You know, all the sacrifices, all the the feast, all the um, worship that we did, the, the temple work— was it for nothing? And so the writer of Hebrews, clear up through chapter 10, is writing to them about Jesus is superior. He is superior to any angel, to any religious leader. Uh, his sacrifice was superior because the the animal sacrifices were not enough to take away sin. It was just covering sin, a kofar, until Jesus came. And you see that term in the book of Hebrews, um, that he died once and for all. He died once and for all. Um, for our sins, to take away sin. Jesus, you know, ministers in a superior temple, tabernacle, that is the heavenly tabernacle. Um, his sacrifice is superior. So all these these things that the writer of Hebrews, which very well could have been Paul, is trying to get across. And then as you go into chapter 10, he, he says that you know, they, therefore having the boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, that would have floored them because, you know, nobody dared go into the Holy of Holies in the Old Testament. And one of the points that the writer of Hebrews brings out is 
that the old covenant couldn't bring people into the presence of God. The holy of holies was the where the tangible, you know, presence of God was, um, where the high priest could only go in for a short time after elaborate washings and cleansings um, to offer up sacrifice for himself uh, and for the nation as well. And so for them to read that would be, you mean we can go into boldly the Holy of Holies by the blood of Jesus, and we can do it as many times as we want, we can go in as long as we want, Uh, we can, you know, do it as many times as we want. So he's building up what does it mean for us. And I think that in verse 26, when he, he gets in, he, he's saying at the end of this chapter, the just is going to live by faith. But if you go back to Judaism, if we sin willfully after we have received a knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin. So I think, John, that you're on the right track um, in that it relates to there's no other sacrifice for sin. Um, don't go back to those animal sacrifices. Don't go back to the Old Covenant. The Old Covenant had to be replaced because it had to be nullified because it was not enough. Jesus is the one that brings a new covenant, um, and because based on the Son of God who died for our sins, and now we can come into the presence of God. So I think that's really what it's being spoken of. Don't go back to that which can't save you. Don't go back to that which does not provide uh, forgiveness of sin, um, because only Jesus does. So basically, to, to wrap it up, basically, it's I'm not advocating for people to willfully sin, but he's saying he's taking in our future sins as well. So we, we don't just get saved and stop sinning. He takes that into account. Jesus' blood is, is forever. As long as we are being sanctified, and continue to run the race. Yeah, and there's a lot of warnings. There are a lot of warnings that are given here in the book of Hebrews, and this is one of them. Don't go back to that. If we sin willfully, if and it's talking about, if you would, an apostate, apostate state of willfully going back to that, going back to that which cannot save you. So there's a warning that is given to that. So, um, so. That's yeah. That's where Christ we're at. Is. Christ okay. is the only one that can save. He's the only one that can save. The only one that can bring forgiveness of sin. Hey, great question. Hebrews. You know, John. One of the things about Hebrews is I think Hebrews. Sometimes people say like the Book of Revelation is the most difficult book. I think the Book of Hebrews is the most technical book because you got to really understand the Old Testament and you really got to put your thinking cap on. Plus. There are these warnings that are given throughout Hebrews that are very sobering, and one of them is just the one that you just read that we just went over, and we need to consider it. Don't go back to that which cannot save and which cannot bring forgiveness of sin. So, hey, thanks, John. Appreciate your call. God bless you. I'll probably see you Wednesday. All right. God bless you. God bless. Thank you. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Give me a call if you got a question. So I'd love to talk with you. The text line seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. We're going to go out to Pennsylvania, Lancaster, where Rick's on line one. Hi, Rick. Hi, Jeff. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Well, one day at a time. <laughs> one day at a time. Amen, brother. Yeah, yeah. My uh, my question. Uh, I have a question and a prayer request. My question okay. is that uh, 
last week you had mentioned you had someone call in about the tearing of the curtain in the temple. Mm-hmm. And you have to bear with me because I had a brain injury, so I don't okay, remember things. Right. I just want to, isn't part of the tearing of the, of the curtain to indicate that we no longer need man to stand in for us, that we have Jesus to be Absolutely. a mediator? Yeah, I think uh, that's the wonderful. Yeah, I think that's the wonderful, wonderful proclamation of that as we read about that. And I'm going to pull it up and just read it for the sake of our for our listeners as Jesus is dying on the cross. And I believe it's in Matthew's narrative that we read that. And um, and so um, as Jesus is dying on the cross, it, it tells us in verse 51 of Matthew chapter 27, Jesus uh, cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Then behold, the veil, the temple was torn into from top to bottom, and the earth quaked, and the rocks were split. So it's a little bit, Rick. Uh, I know that you're on a week delayed out there in um, listening on Hope FM, but I just had a caller that was asking about the Book of Hebrews, and we were talking about how the old covenant had to be nullified because it did not bring people into the presence of God. Only the high priest could go behind the veil of that tabernacle or the temple once a year for a short time to sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat. Uh, it was the Ark of the Covenant that was in the Holy of Holies, had a lid on it with, with made of gold with two cherubim, and then uh, the Lord said, I'll meet with you between the cherubim to Moses. And they would come in and sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat to make atonement for the nation for another year. Um, it was not a complete work. Uh, he had to do that every year. The people had to bring animal sacrifices every time they sinned to the temple or to the tabernacle to for forgiveness of sin. And so that animal was a kofar, a covering, a sacrifice, until the Lamb of God came and died for our sins once and for all. But as we know that the temple and the tabernacle, there was two rooms, the holy place, only the priest could go into the holy place, and only the high priest behind the high veil on the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur. And when that veil rent in two, when Jesus died, it was like Rick, he was declaring, open house. (laughs) Open house. Come on in, and in his Hebrews chapter 10, I just read, Therefore, brethren, having the boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, we now can go into the Holy of Holies where the tangible presence of God was. And that is such a glorious privilege for us as Christians. And I hope that we never lose the the importance of that, the impact of that in our lives. Because can you imagine uh, the high priest, the high priest that, you know, uh, or the other priest that when that veil came down there in the temple, that all of a sudden they were able to look into the Holy of Holies for the very first time. And and those Jewish readers, reading what the author of Hebrews says, knowing that, wow, we can come into the Holy of Holies? Because they couldn't even go into the temple. They would be out in the outer yards, and that was the weakness of the Old Covenant. It didn't bring people into the presence. So it's like you said, Rick, just like you said. Um, it is open house. Now we can come boldly or with confidence, not our own confidence, but because of the blood of Jesus Christ, 
and what he has done to bring us directly into the presence of the Lord and have fellowship with him and to know him and to walk with him and to enjoy him and to Amen. be able to do it any time that we want. That is such a glorious truth that we have as Christians. So good question. Yeah. Praise the Lord. You bet. Yeah. And I just have a, a prayer request, and I appreciate you clarifying that. I just, like I said, I I appreciate you bringing up the, the Scripture passage because I couldn't remember where that was. Um, but I have a prayer request that um, we've been hit pretty hard in this area with the COVID thing, and uh, I lost my job, and I'm 60 years old, and my wife's on disability, and I'm on disability, and... Uh, we're struggling, you know, to get by each day, and I'm just praying that the Lord will open up a door that there's a job there that I can do to to help ease that yeah, ease absolutely. that burden. Yeah, absolutely, and this pandemic has brought a lot of uncertainty to to everyone to one degree or another. But Rick, we're going to pray for you, as Father. I pray for my brother as as the, this COVID continues. It's very real. It's out there, and it has impacted um, everyone in different ways and in different degrees. But Lord, for Rick, as um, he's in an area where he's, uh, it's been impacting uh, Pennsylvania, Lancaster, but he's lost his job. And Lord, I just pray that you would provide for him and his wife. And Lord, I know um, how um, kind of the uncertainty when we're at a certain age, and he's at kind of the same age I am. Um, Lord, I just pray that you would just assure him that you care about him, that you would supply his needs, that you would find him a job, that he can provide for him and his wife, that, Lord, you bring him to the right place, and as he's hanging on to you and trusting you day by day, that you would show yourself strong on his behalf, that you would just uh, take him to the right place, um, and Lord, that he would be able um, to just have those needs that are met um, through your loving hands and your provision. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank God you, bless Pastor you. Let God. me know. Keep in touch, Rick, okay? I will. And I, I really appreciate your ministry. It really helps. Thank you. Appreciate right. you calling. God bless you. All right. You bet. Hey, we got plenty of time. We've been with phone calls since the beginning of the show and 303-690-3000. Maybe you have some needs. And again, you know, we're still all feeling the effects of what's going on around us and then, you know, everything else that has taken place. And and so we need to be praying for each other. We got all open lines right now. So give me a call at uh, seven or 303-690-3000. And then that 24-7 prayer line is 720-336-0897, and that is for texting only. No one will answer that uh, line, and you can text in a question, and we'd love to be able uh, to pray for you. You'll have somebody respond to you. as uh, That originates out of Calvary Church in Aurora, and uh, Grace FM originates out of there, and uh it's such a blessing to have people praying for you as you give those prayer requests. Well, we got open lines, but if uh, right now, as so we got time, as we fill in the show, what is meant? A text question that came in, Jesus is coming with clouds 
in Revelation chapter 1, verse 7, and it's a very good question. Uh, if uh, you've read that, uh, sometimes people say, well, what does that mean? Does it mean cumulus clouds? You know, uh, does it mean something else? And I'll read it to you, Revelation chapter 1, verse 7. Behold, he is coming, speaking of Jesus, with clouds, and every eye will see him, even they who pierce him, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him, even so. Amen. So we read here that uh, that he will come in the clouds. We do know that when Jesus spoke on the Olivet Discourse, as he's talking about his return, that he would say that the Son of Man is going to come in great power and glory, and every eye shall see him. It will be like the lightning from the east from the west. So when he comes in the clouds, what is it speaking of? Is it speaking of cumulus clouds? Um, uh, he certainly as he is going to come through the clouds, we know. Uh, when he uh, ascended uh, in the book of Acts up into heaven after his resurrection, he ascended up through the clouds, and he said, I'll return the way that I've ascended. And so he's going to come back literally, physically, in the second coming of Jesus Christ. That's what it's speaking of in Revelation chapter 1, verse 7. So he's going to come in the clouds, but also could it mean a cloud of witnesses? We know that Jude says that he's going to come back with ten thousands of his saints. So some have suggested that it means that, that he's going to come with us, the church, um, believers, those of us who are in heaven. Uh, Revelation chapter 19 says that when he comes back, that the armies of heaven are going to come back with them, riding on white horses. That's you and me. What a scene that's going to be. What an incredible scene that's going to be. One of the things I remember when we were going to Israel, one of the times, and you come in over the Mediterranean Sea, and you just kind of are descending into Israel, into Ben-Gurion Airport. And and I remember looking out the window and, and all these clouds around. It's just a beautiful day, thinking this is what it's going to be like, minus the airplane, when we come back with the Lord, descending on the Mount of Olives, you know, with the Lord, just how glorious that's going to be. We're not talking a Hollywood movie. We're talking reality, folks. That is our future. And so uh, is he talking about a cloud of witnesses? Or we have those who suggest that it's talking about uh, the glory of God. Because in the wilderness, the Shekinah glory of God, there was a pillar of fire and by day, uh, or by night, and then the pillar of cloud by day. And so that cloud is mentioned as the glory of God. So which is it? Is it you know, the literal clouds? Is it uh, the witnesses? Is it the glory of God? I think all three can be true. I think all three are true, because he's going to come, even as he said, in great power and glory, and every eye will see him. So one of the things that we can always remember is when somebody comes along and says, well, Jesus came back, you know, and it was in secret or something. That's not scriptural. When he comes back, every eye is going to see him, and it's going to be in great power and glory, and he's going to come down from heaven to the earth to touch down on the Mount of Olives, and we know that that's going to take place. So just, you know, I, I think it's a good question, and I think really all three uh, can take place and, and could happen. So, um, so. Another question is, uh, we got a little bit of time left in the show. I think this is a really important question. How can you discern whether or not prophetic word is from God? Very important uh, question that is asked. And we always test everything through the word of God. Um, 
we know that prophecy can be predictive. Um, it can be uh, foretelling God's word or foretelling God's word. Foretelling is predictive. Foretelling is it lines up with the word of God. So anybody that gives a prophetic word, number one, it will not contradict what the word of God has to say. And Paul, when he was writing to the Corinthian church in chapter 14, he says, when it comes to prophecy, that it's important that the leadership of the church judge that prophecy. So we need to be discerning. John comes along in his epistle in 1 John 4 and says that we are to test the spirits to see if they are of God, because uh, many false prophets have gone out into the world. So there are those who will speak on behalf of the Lord in the name of the Lord, but they're not speaking truth, and they are false prophets. There are false prophets that are out there in the world. So we test everything by the Word of God. We see uh, if it lines up with the Word of God, because it will not contradict the Word of God at all whatsoever. The Word of God is our final authority. Always remember that. But if it is in a uh, foretelling sense, that it's a a prediction, it has to be 100% correct. Um, not 90, not 80 percent, not 70 percent, but it has to come to pass. And then as you go to the Old Testament in the book of Deuteronomy, I don't have the reference right now, I'll try to pull it up, but you can read that the children of Israel, that they were warned that when they went into the uh, promised land, that uh, don't give ear to false prophets. They have to be not only correct in lining up with the Word of God, but if any of those prophets predict something and it comes to pass, but they take you away from the Lord, then they are false. And so anything that takes you away from the Lord as well, anything that takes you away from believing the Lord, that he is the true God, um, from the heart of God, then you need to be careful. So those are the tests that we have in Scripture concerning prophecy. You know, one of the things that's been on my heart is um, we need to be discerning in the days in which we're living in um, and I think it's a good word as we get ready to close the show, because there's a lot of voices that are out there, folks, and it's overwhelming, isn't it? And I don't need to tell you this, especially, you know, in the day in which we're in and what we've gone through, and we all need to be informed, but we need to be discerning as well. And we as Christians need to be discerning in the days in which we're living in. We are living in perilous times, and we are living in times where there's so much out there that bombards us that we need to filter it all through the Scripture and have a biblical world view, and that helps us. And one of the things I was telling my congregation is, you know, I just got to say, we're in an election year, we're getting closer, vote your Bible. Vote your Bible. Take all the issues and line it up with the Word of God and make your decisions. And that's true for any area of your life as you're making decisions run it through the Word of God. So we need to be discerning in the days in which we're in, knowing that we are in the last days, that there are certain things around us as we're seeing the birth pangs, uh, the signs that are taking place, um, and uh, the the things around us, that all of this is going to culminate into something very glorious for us. So we can be discouraged, we can uh, wonder, we can uh, have all these Uh, things that we're thinking about, where's everything turning to? We need to be praying for our nation. We need to be praying for our leaders. Certainly, we're concerned for our future, but it is all heading somewhere to a glorious, 
glorious future for us as Christians, and it is the Lord is going to come for us. And um, and we are going to go home to be with him. Uh, we're going to have dinner with the Lord. Then we will come back with him through the clouds. And um, we need to be discerning in the days in which we're in and that we are in the last days and be wise. And second of all, make sure that you are in a good Bible teaching church. Keep listening to your Christian radio station, whether that's Hope or Truth FM, Grace FM listeners. Keep listening, keep growing, and and be in a good church that is teaching the scriptures that believes all of it from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22-21. And then thirdly, listen, don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. We can lose heart. And the Lord desires for us to keep close to him, to look to him, to trust him, and to rest in him. And I think that rest is the hard part for many of us. Rest in him. He loves you. He sees you. He, he wants to work in your life. And, uh, and as we find ourselves in these difficult days maneuvering through all these things, we need to keep our eyes on the Lord. And we need to keep in the word of the Lord. And we need to keep worshiping him and have a heart of thanksgiving. And I want to tell you that verse of Philippians says, Be anxious for nothing, but through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. We have reason to be thankful, don't we, Christian? We have reason to be thankful that let your requests be known to God and the peace of God that passes understanding is going to guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. We need the peace of God in our lives. And I pray and hope that you have the joy of the Lord because for us as Christians, it's only going to get better. And we want to serve people. We want to give them the truth of the gospel. So a good word to end by is we've had a great show today. Thank you all who called in or text in. Thank you for just um, just talking about the things of the Lord. I pray you are encouraged. Going to be back here next time, tomorrow, same time. In the meantime, look to Him. God bless you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.